0: Welcome to the Guide Side Podcast, where we talk about the guide side of the story, teaching special guests, past clients, as well as sharing our own personal experiences. First off, I want to say thanks for tuning in and giving this a listen. This is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but uh, never sat down and actually proceeded with. So Bear with me here as this is my first one and I'll be learning as I go. So I'll we'll give you guys a little background story here before we get started. Uh, I grew up at a hunting and fishing lodge up on the north end of Lake Manitoba on the Waterhen River. My parents have been outfitting for over 30 years and I've been getting involved into it a bit more each year myself. Uh, it all started back when I was just a baby and uh, my dad would take me bear baiting in his backpack and that's how it all unfolded. So fast forward, I am now going into my 12th season as a big game hunting and fishing guide, with experience in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Northwest Territories, and Nunavut. Guiding a variety of animals such as black bear, whitetail, waterfall, moose, musk ox, and caribou, as well as fishing guided for walleye. Northern Pike, Arctic Grayling, Lake Trout, and Arctic Char. We started our Instagram page back in 2013 as Team Agacy Pro Staff. And over the years, we wanted to do something bigger than that. So after some thinking, uh, we came up with the idea of the guide side to try and target a bigger audience. Today's guest is a special one. Been a huge fan of his show since I was a kid. A guy I got to share a couple hunts with who has become a great friend to me over the years. A host on Canada's multi-awarded, best-voted hunting TV show and Canadian TV legend Keith Beasley with Canada in the Rough. All Keith, welcome to the Guide Side Podcast.
1: Thanks, buddy. Great to hear from you, and I'm uh, excited to do it.
0: I know you're a super busy guy during the season traveling the world and uh, out of season being a diehard hockey dad. So I uh, really appreciate you coming on here and sharing some of your time with me.
1: Absolutely my pleasure, Jordan. As you know, uh, hockey and dad stuff's important, but uh, the hunt side is always fun to talk about and grateful for guys like you that keep it in the light. and. Keep, uh, keep an opportunity to share with everybody.
0: Yeah, That's awesome to hear. Uh, so, you've been to any uh, Leafs games recently?
1: Actually, we got really spoiled. Um, I got to take three kids to the All-Star Skills competition, and uh, um, they had a phenomenal time, got up close to the glass and seen all the big boys. And uh, at the end of it, uh, a good friend of ours made sure they were spoiled and brought them out to sign McDavid, sign Matthews, and sign Crosby Puck, if you can believe that.
0: Sweet. Uh, yeah, you can't beat that. Pretty yeah, pretty spoiled
1: experience for the boys. So uh, yeah, they were pretty pumped.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so I just seen you at the shot show. How'd that go?
1: Went good. Went good. You're, you're twenty one for us at shot show minus obviously the COVID hiccups. Um, yeah. but you know Jordan from uh, starting to go down there many years ago with a uh, hope and a dream and praying people might even talk to you to to go on now. I I had um. 40, 41 meetings in in my time there and all of them were positive right it's all about the hunting industry and how to grow it how to make it better and you know our place in it and, and uh, it was it was pretty rewarding and exciting to to work and talk to some of these huge brands but also really so far bigger than me obviously just seeing the health and the the well-being of an industry like that is, is something to, is quite a spectacle
0: yeah it's hard to beat that uh, 21 years that's sure a long time it's uh, quite Quite the run you and your brothers have had.
1: Yeah, yeah. When when you consider that it it started from a little hope and a dream, you know, just like most people's businesses, I'm sure your family can relate in that conversation. I know I've talked to to your family about this too. When you start off with that dream of working in the outdoor industry, it starts off as as an idea, right? And then to take it into something else is is very special. So, shot show for us, as you know, it's it's industry only. It's not a consumer show. But, you know, you're down there with 100,000 people from around the world that are talking guns, ammo and hunt and uh, pretty, pretty special place. And like I said, it's a great pulse on watching the health of an industry.
0: Yeah, that's uh, quite the show that they put on down there. And uh, it's a pretty special place. Uh, Senior hanging out with Donald Trump Jr. That's pretty neat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think, I think hanging out would be very loose. Um, I don't think he knows who we are, but when we walked by him, we made sure to let him know that, uh, you know, we appreciate the efforts he makes to not hide hunting and, and defend uh, our side of the world. Cause, uh, I think he's a good example that, that hunters aren't just people living under a rock or a cave. They're, they're out there every day, helping in their communities and trying to do what's right as, as husbands, mothers, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, and just being productive parts of society so to me the trumps do do uh do recognize that and they're part of that
0: yeah we're lucky to have them as a mouth in our outdoor industry
1: yeah i agree
0: so i'm I'm not going to get into it too much but uh, i remember you were telling me you're a police officer before you found the tv industry uh what finally made you bite the bullet and go for the dream
1: well that's a funny conversation so um i was actually in the industry long before being a police officer and, uh, my beautiful wife, Stephanie and I, when we, when we met, wanted to have a family and that was priority and we wanted to have four or five children and now they're on hockey. That might be a bit more than we, we bargained for, but, um, I was chasing the industry with my brothers, uh, probably four or five years in and realized that I needed something more stable to get us off the ground and policing just made the most sense. Or just the way it fit my resume and opportunities, but it also gave me the job security to to have a young family to make sure we had a paycheck, but it gave me business hours off that I could call a Bath Pro Shops at 2 p.m. on a Friday or go to a meeting with Winchester at 11 a.m. on a Monday. So that was why policing made so much sense. And then to leave policing, um it's probably one of the scariest days of my life actually we I had three little babies and my brothers uh, were both full-time in our business. And I was still policing and we realized that we were all still working every weekend and nights and it was getting to be too much for all of us. And uh, we either all needed to go at it full-time to see if we could make it, all three of us, or probably start looking at options to to give it up because it just got to be so demanding on us. And uh, so I uh, went home to my lovely wife and said, I, I think it's time I quit. She said, do you have the money to replace? The job i said no but i think in a couple months i can find it and uh she's incredible and very supportive and uh and that's what we did we, we we all i left that and the three of us put our heads down and just went at it and that's uh that's 13 years ago i left policing so
0: yeah that's pretty crazy that's a it's awesome when you have a partner that uh, is very supportive and it helps you get to where you want to go
1: well i know you can relate on that subject too so it's yeah. uh, it's critical to all this, right, for us. Like, we couldn't do this without great great wives at home To because you do want a family through this stuff, and that's what's important and priority for us. We do get to travel a lot and live our dreams, but it, it doesn't come without sacrifice from incredible partners and spouses. So, yeah, very grateful for that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, very lucky to spend the amount of time away from home that we do. So, you're 100% right there. Uh, going back, uh, what, what was the biggest struggle that you can remember? Uh, Trying to
1: get into it, well, finance is number one, Jordan. I mean, you know um, the the industry's full Hunt fish is full of people like you and me and and thousands and tens of thousands of They're all great anglers and great hunters, right? So we all had the dream just finding people to support it. So financially, it was the biggest challenge. I mean, I think I was year eight before I seen a penny come into my own pocket from my own company. Um, because it took so much leg work and sweat and tears to to build it and put every cent back in infrastructure and you know growing it. and you know, we had an employee getting paid five years before I ever did, right? So yeah,
0: yeah that's the um,
1: that's yeah, the that's a challenge that,
0: That's definitely the scenes that uh, most people don't see. Uh, all they see is what's on the TV and they think it's all glory. but it is glory, but to get there, it's a lot of work and a lot of pain and a lot of stress.
1: Yeah, and in, in a business that the banks didn't want to look at us, right? So, you know, there's a lot of risk versus a lot of reward. But you know, in the early years, you know, I remortgaged my house more times than I'd like to tell anybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I can understand you on that. It, especially nowadays, everything just keeps going up.
1: Crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy. Like yeah. you just look at what bear baiting's done in 20 years for you guys. Just fuel and bait alone. Forget the labor. Forget oh. the food cost. Just just fuel them bait alone to the bear baiting operations. Yeah, you know I it arguably tripled. Oh, you know?
0: easily. And then uh, fuel. You know, like you got gas. That's killer too, especially when you're driving. You know, sometimes up to an hour just to unload your quad.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Like for us, um, the trucks were so, you know not to compare it to bear baiting, but for example, like the trucks travel. Not across the country, but, you know, I get two trucks that three crews travel in a lot and fuel and flights are a huge, huge, huge piece of it. So, yeah, all those things are are part of it, but it's like any business, anybody listening to this, you know, you could be in a completely other industry and they're going to relate to exactly the same things we're saying. There's, um, you know, every business has its challenges, and but, you know, self-employed in a in an industry that doesn't really have any rules, there's no blueprint to this. You just got to figure it out. Um, we're grateful for incredible partners and people who believed in us for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. It uh definitely is all around the same on creating a business. Uh it's just a little bit of a different path to get there. So uh let's get into our, our moose hunt a little bit.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Love talking with that.
0: Yeah. Uh man, that was a tough hunt, but a rewarding one.
1: You know, I, I I love that, Jordan, because um, you know, we've been filming TV for 20 years and been hunting for much longer than that. And I, I think anybody be tricking anybody that promised anybody an easy hunt, right? And and if you promise somebody an easy hunt, then you know you you would wonder what's going on. So you guys told us you had an adventure of a lifetime. And I'll never forget staying at the float base and uh meeting your brother and your mom before we jumped in the plane to come see you and your dad and your team. And I can I can remember very vividly flying into that last piece of water and the pilot saying, This is it. This is home for the next seven days. And just the excitement and the rush of that incredibly vast piece of wilderness. But yeah, it it will it will chew you up and it will spit you out and it it tried on you and I. It, it absolutely tried. but the key is to never quit, and we're rewarded. I mean, at the end, it, it's one of the greatest, greatest, most enjoyable hunts of my life. So thank you for that. but it uh-huh. it uh, it took took a lot of a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of a lot of guts.
0: Well I really uh, appreciate those words and uh, means a lot coming from a guy like you. Yeah, it was just uh, one of those hunts that you just had to keep grinding and grinding and hoping we'd create an opportunity. You know, I I remember uh, scouting all the area before and it was all 12 feet underwater and I was wondering what what are we going to do? Where are we going to hunt? You know, I had this this hunt planned out in my head months prior, everything we were going to do. And when we landed, it was starting from scratch.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, for anybody listening to this, you can't you can't fathom and I still can't fathom, Jordan. I haven't been there when it was normal, right? So your river was up seventeen feet that year. They the uh the watershed estimated there was no shoreline. So the river that normally has, you know, ten to a hundred yards of shoreline where animals walk and cruise all the time and we could walk and cruise, the, the water was in the timber, in the willows, in the spruce. So there's no shoreline and it was incredibly dangerous because navigating you might hit a point that didn't exist before or whatever but yeah i mean it was it was epic like it was epic it was when you look back on it it, the moose were hard to find because they were pushed back off the water edge um but when we did find that 50 inch absolute stunner um and and we made it happen it was it was one of the more joyous moments because we worked for every every inch of it
0: Oh yeah. All the the emotions came out after that one. (laughs) It was quite the rush and uh, it's definitely one of my most memorable experiences as well. And uh, how about when we got charged by that cow and calf? That was pretty neat.
1: Isn't that cool? Have you you seen that footage since? Have you ever watched that?
0: Oh yeah. I've watched it a few times. Now that you guys got it up on YouTube, uh, I've definitely checked it out.
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny. People think you got to shoot a big moose to have a great hunt, right? And and it's easy to say this after we shot a big moose, but that moment right there is as cool a moment as I've had in the outdoors. And um, you and I, I remember looking at you, you're calling, and I'm sitting with the bull ready, and we think we have a bull coming. Like, really, like that cow let out a an odd grunt that I didn't think it was a bull, but it could have been a bull. But they're cracking enough timber and breaking enough branches coming in that you thought it was was a bull. And next thing we know, a what, a five, six, that maximum age calf charged in to right with us so the, with a the mom behind her and you know gave us a show show of a lifetime when she stood there and jumped in the lake and shook off the water and swam it was it was amazing incredible moment
0: yeah I can just I'm replaying it in my head as you speak you got it word for word there <laughs> I just remember you looking back with a smile on your face and giving me a big thumbs up you know that that made the trip right there even if we didn't see a bull
1: yeah and, and you know this is the title of your, of your podcast is kind of cool. Cause I think anybody listening to this knows and, and, you know, when you hear about a guide, it, it screams to all of us that you're the one out there offering people's adventures, but you, you, you guys have something really incredible in your hands, right? You, you, how you hold our bucket list moments in your hands. Like you guys create our bucket list moments and, and those, you know, these two little examples we're giving are all about that, but you're not bringing up the other thousand moments because we don't have time of, Going down a creek system you've never been down before because the water is high and laying on a high ridge and just taking it in the afternoon sun and glassing some of the most beautiful country on planet Earth, right? Like, you know, most people in the world dream of flying into Italy and Rome and seeing where the gladiators fought in the Colosseum. But guys like you and me and the hundreds of people, thousands of people listening to this, we dream about seeing where no man goes, right? Seeing untouched pieces of wilderness and you know, moose that have never seen a human and bears that have never seen people. and We got that. That trip offered all of that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, epic, epic. Yeah.
0: Walking where no one's ever walked before, you know. Yeah, you just checked everything off the box. What, what us uh, outdoorsmen like to see when we get out there. So uh, now that we're off camera and uh, could talk about it a little, uh, what was going through your head when the motor popped off the boat there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and when you say that, it was just, it, I don't know if it was worth showing everybody what a what a cluster it was, but um, what what did knock it off? Did we hit a rock or was it just a wave bumped it? That
0: that was just uh, a buildup of the turbulence rattling off the sea clamps. Yeah, and then, uh, I remember as we seen that big bull, and uh, we were in a very strong current, and uh, I kind of went to a complete stop, and it actually pushed the motor right up and off into the boat into the into the water. I just remember hearing a big splash and, uh, the fuel hose was just starting to go. And, uh, yeah, I remember grabbing it and then I remember you popping me back to help me out quick.
1: (laughs) Well, any, anybody that can hear this, I don't know if they can picture your stature, right? So how tall are you five, nine?
0: Yeah. Five, nine.
1: So five nine, what one one sixty five, one seventy five?
0: Oh, I know I'm a little over, and right I'm a, I'm about two hundred. It's been a good <laughs> winter. <laughs>
1: All right, but you're not a big man. So yeah. for anybody listening to this, and what was it? Was it twenty? Was it twenty?
0: Yeah, it was a twenty horsepower. So they're not. Yeah,
1: okay, this thing had to weigh one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, full yeah. current, and I got to hand it to you, buddy. The you didn't have it chained on, so it's going to the bottom. The fuel the fuel line stretching about to break. You. Plunge in up to your shoulders, get a hold of this motor and had your hand wedged down the motors now under the boat because the boat in the mode, the motor's sinking and the boat's pushing you and your arm over it. Cause the boat's wanting to go 20 miles an hour, the opposite way of the motor. And the current was so strong. We couldn't, you couldn't get that motor back up and you only had one hand on it. And I remember your incredible physical strength. So I don't want to overdo this, but I don't want to word this wrong but you took that like a champ. The water was ice cold and you were in there for the better part of three to four minutes because I had to get everything off me to get back to you without flipping the boat. And I was just doing everything I can to support you, but you were the one with your arm in that water. Um, and by the time we got that out, it had to be a four or five minute ordeal. Did it not? Oh yeah. I mean, it
0: felt longer, but yeah, I think after we looked at a bit of the footage, I think it was about that.
1: Yeah. It's an absolute train wreck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the worst thing that uh, could happen to a guide and uh, it still makes me sick to my stomach, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but,
1: but no fault of anybody's like, like it was one of those complete crazy scenarios that you could redo a thousand times and it wouldn't happen. But because the water was so high and the current was so strong on a calm piece of lake, you pull that motor up in one second, but the boat was literally drifting at 20 kilometers an hour. like. It was flying, and the motor sinking the bottom, weighing that kind of weight. So you 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 holding on to that, but it was our lifeline, right? That motor was our lifeline. So
0: yeah, yeah I still can't believe those uh, little C clamps on the ho- on the hose held on there.
1: Amazing, amazing. Yeah. No, that was a complete, complete crazy, crazy, crazy moment, Jordan. It yeah, was. and uh, but that's uh, the stuff, uh, right? That's the stuff you remember.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I bet you haven't had that happen since. <laughs>
1: no, no, and probably tie a little piece of rope on or something just in yeah. case, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyone listening, listen and make sure you uh, tie up your motor <laughs> <laughs> or put on a safety chain. <laughs> might, save, uh, might save you from getting your um, uh, motor water locked. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, and then that, that changed the trip too. Cause we had to, you know, luckily you got a great team, right? They're able to work and bring us up another one. And, you know, it just, it was an example to, to having a great guide outfit. You guys were prepared for that stuff and it was, it was awesome.
0: Well, it helps having uh, good clients as well, you know, uh, being positive and uh, helping us out, you know, it goes a long way and makes our job easier and uh, gives us confidence in doing the right job.
1: Well, for anybody listening, I mean, a, guy, a guy's there to to get the exact same thing out of the trip you are, right? So if you're not willing to, to get some firewood or help with dishes or, you know, say thanks at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't always go well, right? Yeah, so You no, don't exactly. always see stuff yeah and uh, take it in and enjoy it
0: and the more you're positive and uh, the more you help out around camp i find it helps in your favor just with uh a little bit of good karma
1: yeah i i i I just think the the vibe's just better for everybody and you're such a good cook i mean when we offered to try to help you didn't want us to and i don't blame you because you're such a good cook but it was it was a ton of fun man it was nice uh, and yeah
0: I still tell everyone though how you never let me do dishes, so I appreciate that part of uh, helping out. <laughs>
1: Those are the little things, right? And I, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but you know, if a hunter shows up and he's paying his good money and he just thinks that he's there to be to waited on, I just think he's missing a moment, and you're missing an experience, right? If it's a horseback trip, go feed the horses. If it's a, you know, a backpack trip, make sure you you help out and carry a backpack. If it's a if I got a guide cooking for you every night i mean i think doing the dishes is just part of the experience enjoying it right and i think that's part of the fun so no yeah. i you know it was, it was just an awesome trip man just an awesome oh, trip
0: yeah you're 100 percent right there oh it's all the little things at the end of the day well that was uh right. one hell of a shot that you made between those thick willows you know that was uh pretty amazing how you just put that right in between there
1: <laughs> you want to know something funny um so Mike, our producer, who was with us on the trip, you remember Mikey? Oh yeah, um, I remember Mikey. He, he just just actually this week, well last week, texted me and said, "Hey, bud, I was just just real going over some footage. I don't know if I ever told you how good of a shot that was." He's like just rewatched the footage. He kind of snuck down through there, and I'm not going to take any credit for that. It was just it was just it worked out, and sometimes it works out. But you know what's funny? In the moments when it, it's fleeting, and you got a window. Um, everything we've already talked about just just be calm and be positive right and because those moments happen so fast and um that was a, a pretty epic moment and we got very fortunate to, uh bull offered us a a quick little window you were great on the paddle like to buy me some more time with the oars and keep me positioned right but uh yeah it was pretty cool man pretty cool and to, to see him we were pretty sure he went down right the timber was pretty thick but we were we were 90 sure we'd seen him fall and Pretty pretty cool moment to see those antlers tip over up in that that high ridge.
0: Yeah, that's a highlight moment, and uh, yeah, it's funny how quick a, a hunt can change. That's why staying positive is so, is so key.
1: And, and that, uh, that's gut feeling, right, Jordan? Like like we were hunting an hour before that, planning to sit till dark, calling, but after day six or whatever, the calling hadn't been in our favor, right? So. You know, you and I sat, chatted and said, you know, what's the best odds right now? And you, you said, it's prime time. Let's cover some ground. Let's let's drift some water. And you were bang on. Like, you, those are the little things you got to go with your gut, right?
0: Yeah. Anticipate the drink. It's been a little rule I've went by for a long time and it's made me successful in a lot of moose hunts. You know, like those moose like to be on the water that first hour of the day or last hour, just getting a getting a drink before uh, the night. You know, it's I've seen a lot of moose on shore, right, first light or last light. So it's just, uh, when you're hunting a river, it's just good to, uh, you know, cover some ground.
1: Well, when you think about that, just in hunting in general, right? Like, if you're bear hunting on a bait, you can't do that. If you're water hunting over decoys, you can't do that. But if you have the option to cover seven kilometers of of water in an hour drifting with oars versus sitting calling one swamp, that's not working for us. It, it, those are the high odds things you, you talk about. And I'm sure you're the same as me when people ask you about, you know, what do you, what do you do to get successful all the time? And to me, it's like a giant poker game. You got to just put the odds in your favor. And if your gut tells you to do something that puts the odds in your favor, you got to try. And if we had crashed and burned and failed Jordan, then we would have crashed and burned and failed. Like you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't pick these moose up and put them where you need them. I, you know, it's, it's a hunt and, um, that bowl is in the right spot at the right time, sneaking in on that cow and calf. And, you're bang on that cow and calf were in for a drink and he was 50 yards above them on the ridge waiting for them or sniffing them so it was a perfect perfect moment
0: yeah that was uh definitely right time right place and meant to be yeah if 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 there's ever a moment for that (laughs) yeah the bit the big thing there was just making sure that the cow didn't didn't move because if that cow won't move the the bull should stay there but as soon as that cow takes off the bull's heading it
1: for people listening to this that haven't seen it right we spot the cow and calf first right because they're the one down drinking at the edge of the the river in the timber and then whoever it was it wasn't me it was you or you or mike you know then say big bull big bull and whoever was telling me it was you or mike i'm saying no it's a cow and a calf they're like no big bull above and then my eyes go up 50 yards and i'm like oh my goodness yeah yeah
0: no, yeah i remember definitely seeing the cow and calf and then uh yeah shout out to mike for spotting the big paddles up top <laughs> yeah,
1: so it was mike i yeah, asked yeah. him because I'm, I'm literally correcting him no mike it's it's a cow and a calf just keep filming no no yeah. bull 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 yeah So yeah you're just cool. never
0: too sure that there was actually one time that i spotted the cow and calf and i just remember uh bob and brian telling me like years ago uh Make sure you treat a cow every time you see one, that there's a bull there. So the, the first moose I ever guided, this is going back oh, nine years ago. The, the, I seen a cow and a calf uh, at these willows, and I did a spot and stalk on them for about 45 minutes, and then uh, they, they disappeared. And then about 10 minutes later, I seen the calf going up a hill from these willows, and then the cow was following her, and then right behind was a big rack coming up, a 54-inch bull you know that's why you just gotta always play it as if there's a bull there until you can that's confirm awesome. that. Until you can confirm that there's not.
1: That's a great story. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do you think about the old boys, Bob and Brian?
1: I think I met two of the coolest dudes on earth, man. Like, like you know, if if you were to go visit a saloon in the old west, you'd want to meet John Wayne. If you were to go visit the Hockey Hall of Fame, you'd want to meet Bobby Orr. Well, I went to Moose Camp and met. John Wayne and Bobby Orr of, of hunting, right? Like two absolute legends, literally. And when you sit and talk to them, which I gratefully did and ask them every question in the book, and I've kept in touch with both of them too. You know, these guys have been around forever and I know what's calling them old, but I, I, that's when you've been around forever, that's, I guess what you get called, but they've, they've done it all and they've seen it all and they've, they've just accomplished it all from a guiding standpoint to a personal, personal hunting standpoint, they got a thousand stories and it just was super super cool to share a camp with guys like that it was absolutely i considered it a, an absolute honor
0: yeah those guys are absolute uh, legends in this industry they they got 105 years of moose hunting experience between the two you know i'm very fortunate to be in camp with them and uh yeah i'm lucky to call them my friends and if they're listening yeah th- thanks boys
1: <laughs> yeah i agree thank you they were they, so, were, uh, they were great
0: yeah, so let's uh, talk about the bird hunt a little bit. We don't have to get into it too much. Uh, that was a good hunt. That was that was actually my uh, last bird hunt I ever guided. So uh, what a way to go out, eh?
1: <laughs> I think you did good, man. I think yeah. you did good. Our, our first morning, um, I love I love waterfowl hunting. It's it's just so so special, right? You walk into a field in the dark and or a piece of water, and you don't know. Never been there before, right? You guys have because you go to the field, but I hadn't. And you know you're helping set up decoys, and you're part of the dressing blinds and you got a little frost on your hands pulling whatever it is winter wheat or whatever stalks of grass and i just remember the the hill on the horizon and that stiff kind of southeast wind and you saying hey they'll be coming in from the roost over there they'll be coming in over this hill and that's that's exactly what happened for the next hour at daylight it was just flock after flock after flock and um epic epic hunt and then it, yeah, that, it didn't end there. We did it a few more mornings after that. It was it was awesome.
0: Yeah, that was uh one of those mornings in the field where everything is just perfect. You know, cloud cover, wind from the roofs to uh, cover in the fields. You know, e- everything. And uh, I remember in that last flock, you know, we were seven ducks away from our limits, and I and I remember a big flock came in. I don't know, maybe maybe about twenty. And I just remember seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven falling, and then calling the hunt. You know, like that was a pretty. Pretty neat way to finish the morning.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going from 50 inch bull moose to cupped mallards, but you know what, what a moment, right? Like, like cupped mallards in your face, I, I think is one of the most iconic pieces of hunting. I think there's been a million paintings of it and a million Facebook posts about it. And I know just talking about it gets my blood boiling because it's, you know, these birds are coming in ready to hit the decoys and, and plant in on your spread. And it, it's phenomenal. So We had some geese that morning too but those those mallards were just everywhere and uh it's pretty spectacular and for any for anybody that hasn't done it the only challenge is just pick your bird because there's lots of them up there so you know find find one and make it happen
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh yeah so what a what a final bird hunt you know like i did it for eight years and you know that, that was quite the way to go out so uh yeah appreciate spending the time in the field with you and watching you boys limit out.
1: Now you say your final one, your brother's taking that over, is he?
0: Yeah, no, yeah. So my brother's big into the birds now. I kind of, I did it for eight years and I, I realized, you know, I just like to focus on the big game. You know, I got such a busy season already going from bear to Northwest Territories for doing fishing, musk ox and then moose, and then scouting for whitetail and whitetail and you know before i'd mix in waterfall into that and you know i was so wiped out by the end of it
1: yeah so that's a busy run a real yeah. busy run yeah yeah you got you got to manage yourself and it's nice you got a brother to to conquer and divide that with
0: yeah exactly well uh, i'm not too sure if you could share but uh what are a couple hunts that stand out to you for the upcoming season
1: yeah i'm happy to share to be honest with you um Probably the bucket list one that's not confirmed but well underway and in the works and really got my fingers crossed would be an August Nunavut muskox caribou hunt. Um, it's been over 12 years since we, we've we hunted a muskox on Canada Rough. So we're really, really anxious and hopeful that comes through. Um, and then uh, I'm year 13 for a draw tag on antelope in Alberta. So that's a real bucket list hunt for me because it's year 13, like I said um, on my draw. So that would be kind of two of the flagship highlights, but there's some really iconic stuff Jordan, that just always stays around that in our business. It's just, it's what you always try to do. Cause it just works. Right. And that's Western waterfowl, Manitoba bears, Newfoundland moose, Saskatchewan deer. Those are all some of the highlights. And then we're Ontario boys. So there'll be definitely some of our favorite Ontario hunts sprinkled in there. And maybe, Working on it right now, a fly-in Ontario moose hunt. So um, lots of cool stuff going on that we're just, you know, very grateful for. Got to pinch ourselves. It's season 21 we start filming for uh, this season, and uh, just feel very blessed to be doing this and, and to be chasing chasing adventure like that.
0: Yeah, that's quite the year. Uh, that's a bucket list year right there. Uh, you know, muskox. have you ever shot one of those? I, I know you guys have as a show, but uh, have you got one
1: yourself? I have not no one either. Kevin, Paul, yeah. Paul did and was able to take a guess on that hunt. So we've, we've got a couple, uh, on the show, but no, we, we, Kevin and I have not yet. So there'll be a bit of a, uh, arm wrestler coin toss going on there if we land that hunt. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah there's a lot of business model ish to it. It's not just like people might think we don't just travel hunting at a whim. You got to really, a lot of, a lot of planning and strategy into what species and what province and what territory and. What hasn't been done or what species hasn't been shown in a while and find find ways to build relationships with outfitters and provinces and territories and and get out there and share it
0: yeah definitely when you guys have been doing it as long as you have you know like you've got to put a lot in thought into what you're going to do you know you guys have been producing producing some of the best content in year in and year out you know it's hard to keep an audience but you guys have done that beyond you know
1: yeah very fortunate for that and you know it's funny jordan for for you know 21 years i'm making tv but uh this digital world's come along and been an incredible blessing to us too right like i remember when we first got into facebook and then we got into instagram and then this, this youtube thing came along and we jumped into youtube and i remember thinking you know how do we grow all this stuff it's not our market it's not our market but it is our market like hunters come in every shape and size they come you know, in different age classes, different genders, different uh, social classes, different financial situations. But one thing the common between all, all of us, hunters and anglers and outdoors men and women, is we all love good content, right? And we're very blessed, Paul, Kevin, and I, to produce, we think, some of the best content in the world. We got three of the best producers on the planet, but we're producing pure Canadian content. You know, for the rest of the world, you and I may take it a little bit for granted. But for the rest of the world, Canada is not just polite, but we're home to the Great White North, right? And some really untamed, unspoiled, untouched wilderness. And every day, that's what we're going out and capturing, right? Whether it's cop mallards or 50-inch bull moose in northern Manitoba on the Churchill River system, or or muskox or Newfoundland moose, we're, we're out there capturing incredible moments. And YouTube's just been on fire for us right now. We're we're one of the top YouTube products in North America right now for, for Hunt and we're real proud of that. It's grown a ton, but we owe a lot of thanks to the viewers out there. They're they're supporting it like crazy. And uh we're really, really grateful and happy about that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh you guys got a pretty solid fan base and it's worldwide, really, you know, like you guys are airing in how many how many uh countries. Uh one more question. Uh if you could pick a, a season to relive live out of all of them, what what one would it be?
1: Oh, I've never been asked that. Of all the questions one. I've ever been asked. That's a tough <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, so here, here's one for you. Um, it would probably be the one I just finished. I, I, you know, I'm 45 years old and I've been hunting a long time. And I, I shot my biggest whitetail, my biggest bear, and one of the top five moose of my life. And it happened to be Newfoundland. So, um, you know, I had one of those seasons, right, where just the stars lined up for me last fall. And uh, you can't say that all the time. <laughs> Cause as you know, for every good, there's, there's often some, some challenges. So yeah, yeah. That's, um, you know, for, for being a boy who grew up on whitetails, it's all we had, right. Whitetails is all we had. That That's kind of our, our core animal for us, uh, to shoot my biggest buck, uh, to take a bear of literally, we called it a bear of a million lifetimes, a 500 pound cinnamon with a bow, um, in the spring, arguably a six six a 650 pound bear in the fall. Um, and then uh, then a 50 inch moose in Newfoundland in one season was pretty. Plus a caribou with my bow, plus a couple other moose. It was, it was pretty awesome here. Yeah. How do you beat that? You know, it, yeah. it's pretty special. A woodland caribou with my bow on top of I, I, I left that out. No, that's, yeah. That's... Woodland caribou with my bow at 71 yards on a spot in stock, wearing my 17 year old hockey jersey inside out because I found it on my basement floor and needed something white <laughs> in case I need to stock in on them. That's so it's just. Just epic that's epic unreal
0: fun. yeah you guys have definitely done it right well keith it, uh you're one of the most respectful and genuine people i've gotten to share camp with uh thanks a lot for doing this with me uh, it means a lot and i can't wait to to share the outdoors with you again
1: well jordan i hope we do to get to do it again um on behalf of the beasley brothers we just want to say a shout out to you to your beautiful wife and to the Liskey family you guys are absolute class acts and legends in the industry. And And we need more people like the Liske. So thanks for all you do. And, and, uh, on behalf of all the hunters in the world, thanks for being a shining light and a great example for all of us.
0: Thanks a lot, Keith. Appreciate it.
1: Okay, buddy. Take care.
0: Talk to you later.